I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in the deceptively sunny, freezing tundra of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. I don't think you can have enough fuzzy socks. Coming with the answer to a question no one asked. (laughs) In I'm case sure someone out there in case you were was wondering. Like, it was like, it's cold in Canada. Can you have enough fuzzy socks? And my answer to that is absolutely not. Do I have too many fuzzy socks? The answer is no, says Caitlin McKinnon. Friends, this is episode 271 of the Geek Down podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 270 episodes, go wherever you get your audio content. SoundCloud, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. We're still there. Haven't pulled a Neil Young yet, but... Oh, are we? I don't. It hasn't come up. I don't know. We can't afford to lose Spotify. We're not. We're not big time like that. And, and also, like, and it should be said, we don't generate any money for Joe Rogan. So I was just. I was gonna say, like, yeah. I just saw. I just saw this morning that India Ari has joined the uh, the litany of artists who are uh, requesting their music be pulled from Spotify because they don't want to generate. The thing is that Spotify. Uh, generates such a paltry sum for artists and then they take the money and then they take that money and use it to pay Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars. Yeah. That can be conflicting, but we don't have that problem. Like I said, cause we don't generate any money. So no, no, we do not We're just here for the love baby. It's all. Yep. And, and to have a, a soapbox to yell about star Wars from. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Y'all We're, it's, welcome. Welcome to this episode. As we join the chorus of ethical crises brought about by the recent episode of book of Boba Fett. Getting to that in a minute, friends. If you are too busy uh, writing your treaties on the Uncanny Valley and you don't have time to download a podcast every week, worry not, friends. So we have a man who doesn't need CGI to look perennially young to bring you your podcast every week, and that's your man's. Chauncey Fraselic is the third geek downer and an elf and immortal. As established, elves don't age. That man looks as... The cheekbones look as rugged as they always have. He he has a very cut jaw. <laughs> very masculine, but not afraid of his feminine side. That's Chauncey. Yeah, he won't have to get his his neck nipped and tucked like the rest of us if we want to stay looking young. You, is this a concern for you? This is the first I've heard of this. Oh, it's uh, it's the so it's my um Angela Lansbury School of Plastic Surgery. (laughs) So the only thing Angela Lansbury ever got done was her neck. (laughs) How do you know this? (laughs) Jordan, how do you know anything? Forgot who I was talking to. How would you not know that? (laughs) Thank you. Um, So I'm like, you know what? If it's good enough for Angela Lansbury, it's good enough for me. I don't know. I've... I take I I use moisturizer. I use sunblock. I actually look quite young. Well, I mean it's hard. We don't. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't use baby oil to 
to suntan in the summer. Um, I think most people these days look younger than maybe previous generations. Um, so me saying that I look young is not really an amazing statement. Um, but I mean, what if I get to, I don't want to say that I'll never get work done. I'm in my mid thirties, right? What if I get to 70 something and I'm like, you know what? I would like to like tighten up that, that neck. I'm not going to be mad at myself. If it's good enough for Angela Lansbury, it's good enough for me. Well, yeah. What are your thoughts, friends? You think old sag neck there should get a little tighten up? Let us know on twitter.com slash geektownpod. Get up off Twitter. That's <laughs> where the show lives on the social meets. The only place the show lives on the social meets. Do you know I saw somebody make the old mall comparison on Twitter and go viral about Facebook? And I was furious. <gasps> Did you did you say something? I did not because I couldn't. I wasn't going to dig back in the archives and find the first time we made the Facebook is an old mall uh, comparison. Just saying. I just that, saying we we that was on that was on the the wall. That was on the wall. It was on the board. The all time greatest geek town jokes. Someone just took it. Someone just took it. So because we've never gone viral, we need money. <laughs> Ko-fi.com slash geek town pod. Throw three bucks in the old tip jar to apologize to us for stealing our jokes. Um, Kate, how are you this wonderful day? Kate was supposed to come in today, but it's just been a comedy of errors. So we are, we're on Zoom today. Zoom's actually yeah. holding up pretty good. I'm impressed, Zoom. That's good. That's, how's the sound? I mean, does it sound like I'm coming out of, you know, a, a large gym? It sounds, it sounds like you're in a tin can, but not a tin can underground, which is what Skype was giving us earlier. So Facebook, right. Facebook audio must up. So then we tried the uh, the hot switch to Skype, and that sounded like you were at the bottom of the earth. And <laughs> now we are on Zoom, which sounds like you are just in a tin can in the same room. So, oh, okay, all right, that's not that's not too bad. I mean, I still won't listen to the episode, but it doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> Kate will never know, but for the rest of y'all, hope it's an enjoyable experience. Um, I'm off this weekend with minimal plans, which is always a beautiful thing. Getting my updates from major Canadian retailer because the uh, convoy has, as it's making its way to Toronto, this is now the second week, friends, you've had to hear updates about the, the Flu Trucks clan making their way through major Canadian cities to uh, voice their displeasure with things like vaccine mandates and COVID lockdowns. And they're having a little tailgater over at the, uh, at the mall major Canadian retailers at. And uh, I've, he I've heard it's, I've heard the disruption was minimal, but still it's been, it's been very weird for me to see. I generally have not had family members, friends of friends, social media connects or whatever tip over completely. Some of them come close, but generally it's been, it's been rather tempered. But man, I got this one girl on, she's an old coworker from like years ago and she officially got the mute <laughs> last week. The minute a Tucker Carlson video got posted with some, oh. uh, with some sort of caption on like, you know, wake up or something like that. I was like, Oh, that's, that's it. That's where I draw the line. All Tucker Carlson <laughs> amplification gets a mute on the TL. Should probably get the unfollow, but I love mess, so <laughs> I still want the opportunity to go and at my leisure see what she's going on about, and it's not good. <laughs> it ain't it ain't good. And it's just been bizarre to, to watch. Like you really can't predict how it's gonna happen when somebody's just gonna like 
tip completely into that wormhole. It's sad. It's upsetting. Wish people wouldn't do it. And I mean, this is just like somebody I barely know and talk to biannually on social media, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, so I can't imagine what it's like if it's somebody's like family member. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's great. (laughs) Kate said that with the weight of some, with the weight of lived experience in her voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, mm-hmm. Par- that's apparently all we need to say about that then. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. Um, nothing much by way of news that we saw this week. I will say there has been an interesting uh, <laughs> moment from the world of wrestling that I want to touch on oh. briefly. So the Royal Rumble was last week, as I mentioned, um, on the last episode, and how I was going to talk about it for 25 minutes, and now I'm only going to talk about it for five. Because... <laughs> Uh, morale reports on the dirt sheets indicate that morale at the WWE has been low following the Royal Rumble and that the organization of the match itself was kind of a hot mess. Now, friends, the Royal Rumble is the start of the WrestleMania season. The gimmick being is a 30 man battle Royal. That is, you know, 30 guys in a match, throw them over the top rope. The last person standing gets a title shot at WrestleMania. Great gimmick. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It's playoff season now. This is because WrestleMania is the Super Bowl. The Royal Rumble is the start of playoff season, where you are setting up your storylines that will go into WrestleMania. It's my favorite time of the year in wrestling. Love it. Right. Hard match to book from the creative side of things. You got to juggle 30 people. Mm-hmm. Who's coming out when? Who's getting eliminated when? Who's going to be the ultimate winner? Who's going to be the last four in the match? Are you going to do a certain spot? Is somebody going to get a near elimination? So we are now, so the match itself was to kind of viewed as a mess. Um, didn't really move the needle for a lot of people. Bork Laser ends up winning it. And one of the last people in the Royal Rumble was Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon's son, who over the years and definitely at WrestleMania season, Shane got a lot of respect from fans because even despite being Vince McMahon's son, he always showed a great respect for what the wrestlers do. And when he got involved as a performer, he did not shy away from taking insane bumps. And it's kind of laughable now, and it's a it's a given that every year at WrestleMania season, Shane's going to fall off something high. <laughs> right. right. Does it every year. But Shane also kind of had a foot in the creative. So allegedly, and I'm saying allegedly, even though numerous dirt sheets have all kind of been reporting the same story, that it's been twofold. Number one, the guys who kind of like booked and finessed the Royal Rumble match were a guy in Triple H, who's Vince McMahon's son-in-law, and who but hasn't been around because he had some health issues and kind of had to take time away from work. So now he's not around. And apparently... I don't, it's weird that it would happen now, but the reports, the alleged reports are that as Shane was like in create in the creative meetings to book the match, really putting himself over to like a high degree. He was the one saying he should be at the end of the match and he should be doing this. And when he got out there, he was like looking great and eliminating all these young guys. And like, no, like that should not be a thing. Um, Yeah. And ultimately this has now been, we've been filling in the backstory because the headline was Shane McMahon was quietly let go over the weekend. Oh, that's some succession level shit. Oh, Vince McMahon fired his own son. Oh my God. Oh my God. Speaking of the board, Jordan, put that on the board. That's not my joke. Somebody already made that joke, but it's, it's, it's sitting right there. It's a bunch of rich white folks betraying each other. So 
No, I just mean like what, we should be writing a show about <laughs> the wrestling succession story. You don't need to fictionalize it. It's freaking I can't I cannot wait for that dark side of the ring. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> when that dark side of the ring episode comes out, <laughs> sign me up. Also, Tony Khan is talking about there's going to be a huge signing this week on Dynamite Ooh. and I'm just like, "No, there's no way." There's no way Shane McMahon walks out on dynamite. That's got to be, there's no, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. That's all I'm saying. There's no way. Talk to me on Thursday, but right. <laughs> I'm thinking there's no way. That's the main story out of wrestling this week. I've, I've literally just put in a reminder on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Did Shane McMahon come out on AEW this week? Yes. Um, that's, that's wild. That's. Number one, like, Shane, you're older than me. Like, again, speculating, but, like, at, you've been around. You know the business. Why at this point in your life are you trying to make yourself look like Superman out there? Like. Uh, midlife crisis? Just I, a stab in the dark? I guess, but, like. Just buy a car, man. <laughs> seriously, you got the money. Also, lots of talk about uh, sweatiness and erratic behavior backstage during the Rumble booking, so. Oh, oh, maybe he he has had a mm. midlife crisis mm. and it has involved a lot mm. of cocaine. Mm. That's Caitlin McKinnon. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly! Allegedly, of course. I'm really just writing the script for the succession <laughs> slash wrestling story in the story fictionali- right now. In the fictionalized version of this, in Caitlin's fanfic, which you'll be able to find on Wattpad later this month, <laughs> that might be a... That might be a feature. We are in no way saying that about the actual IRL people. No, no. You ain't going to catch me out there. (laughs) (laughs) No, sir. Uh, So that's the one main story. The other main story this week, which doubles as an update. How could it not be? Oh, Kate, I'll just throw it to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you have more of a vested interest. And even me with my cursory knowledge of the animated series went, oh, I will be curious to hear what she thinks about that. And then we will move on to the greater conversation surrounding the episode, Kate. What do we think of episode six? Is it six now? Six, six of the book of, six. of the book of Boba Fett, which featured, I believe, three minutes of Boba Fett on screen. Uh, it was terrible. Um, it was terrible, and it's and I was really worried that I was getting to a point where I was there was an inability for me to distinguish between stuff I was having fun watching and and stuff that's bad like i i was worried that like if there was like this payoff or if someone showed up i wouldn't be able to tell that it actually was bad caitlin you have just yeah yeah you just encapsulated what i think has been the conversation about star wars since like the jj abrams movie started which is like what's what's fans what's a fan service pop and what's bad Yes. And I had heard some things from friends who had watched the second season of The Mandalorian and they had some issues with, they felt a lot of the people who showed up were really like wedged in there, um, not to good effect in their eyes. And I kind of disagreed with that. And I'm like, maybe I'm just, 
Maybe I'm just like a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> you're, just like you're talking no, about like, your Bo-Katans and your Ahsoka Tano's and people like that, or like Bo-Katan seemed fine because it fit with the story, right? Mm. But like also having Ahsoka and also having Luke and like there was just like too much wedged in there, um, and that you know the the story couldn't. Here, let's put it this way: the the story could not hold the weight of the cameos it's and it's also i mean not for nothing take into account that for a galaxy apparently it's as easy to bump into somebody as it is in like a small town in wyoming like (laughs) people just always bumping into each other all the time yeah all the time well there you know there are certain planets that are important and all of that can be sorry sort of storied away if if you do it if you construct a story to hold the weight of cameos, then 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 you can put those in there. Um, there are lots of things I I thought we didn't need to see. I don't. I mean, I love Grogu. Did not need to see him training with Luke. Um, did not need to see Luke. <laughs> I just like I. So yes. Yes, the well, okay, for, we'll get to that in a second, but let's just continue on with the like the story. So for the, the second the, for the second week in a row, this was Mandalorian season three, episode point seven five, where at least the first two thirds of the episode were he says at the end of the previous episode, you know, I gotta go I'll meet up with Boba Fett, but I gotta go see the kid. I think there were some people who thought that wasn't going to happen on the next episode. I did not believe for a moment it wasn't gonna be the next episode, and that's what we had. We had a good two thirds of him like yeah. I made all this trip. He's right there. Well, he's really going to affect him if he sees you. Okay, just give him this. Bye. <laughs> yeah. We didn't need the choice. We didn't need the choice of, like, Grogu choosing whether to be a Jedi or a Mandalorian. Like, Listen, they're just... I'll... Caitlin, one other thing. Yeah. And this is a bigger yeah. problem that we cannot uh-huh. discuss right now. Yeah. Because you got to bear in mind, when you watch the first three movies... Yeah. The Jedi are kind of a vague concept, and Luke mm-hmm. is just a fun-loving dude who wants to, you know, buy power converters or do whatever. Um, he's just a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kid. Wanted to go to Tashi Station. He did. Caitlin. <laughs> yeah. Jedi suck. So bad. It's not fun. No. I think like- I think this is now ultimately possibly... And this is me saying it from, you know, nine million degrees removed of anything resembling Star Wars fandom. Yeah. The Jedi are maybe the biggest problem in the Star Wars universe because it's supposed to be the pinnacle of the thing you want to be. But aside from the glowy swords. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean. Who wants to be a space monk? Like, that's not. There's a, that's what they are. They're space monks. That's um, not that's, fun. That's not fun. Um, that's why a lot of people join the Sith. They're right? like, I can have a cool, uh, cool time. I could do, I could do all to... that stuff and shoot lightning from my hands and yeah. fuck. Yes, like, please. That's, <laughs> give, yes, please. Give me all that. Um, so it just, the story wasn't good. It wasn't a well-constructed episode. It was very, it very seemed very, um, like, again, like they, it was a patchwork of things that they wanted to see in there. We're like, okay, so how do we connect them? Um, and it wasn't done well. And I mean, did I enjoy certain things? Yeah. But even I was like, Ahsoka does not need to be there. Yeah, right. I did not need to see 
I didn't actually need to see Luke and Grogu or, or if you did have Ahsoka, then just be like, yeah, give this to the kid. Like I did not need any of that. I didn't even need to see him see the kid. Maybe he goes away. We have another episode of stuff going on. And then all of a sudden he appears and they're like, where's the kid? And he's like, um, you know, it wasn't time or I don't know. You guys are the writers and you're not doing a very <laughs> good job. Um, I just, I just, it wasn't good. It was, wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched in television, but I was like this for a company that makes billions of dollars, right. get better writers. I don't know what's or, doing this. Or just be confident in what you're doing. You called it the book of Boba Fett. Just fucking do the book of Boba Fett. Just the last, also, the last 10 minutes of this episode, you gave me space narcos. You gave me the thing I thought this show was always going to be, which was Space Narcos. When that fucking cantina blew up, I was like, yes, yes. Yeah. Let's fucking yeah. go. Yeah. Give me that. Uh, the last. Also, great Untouchables reference. I really like that. <laughs> uh, also, let's get <laughs> Mister, to. Mr., you forgot your briefcase. <laughs> um, let's get to our, then... uh, let's get to our, um, you know, Kurosawa, uh, Seven Samurai. <laughs> space space oliphant uh moment where it was just you know here comes a sergio sergio leone scene for uh you know 15 minutes how do we feel about your boy showing up cad bane yes um uh we were both like it's okay really? like it wasn't i we didn't love the makeup um caitlin and he, yeah briefly explain who cad bane is in the larger star wars mythos Cad Bane is one of the most well-known and dangerous bounty hunters in the galaxy. Stop there. That's all you need Stop to know. Stop there. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, that's perfect. Perfect. That's, 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 I don't need to, um, so, like, he's, he's actually Secret Correspondent's favorite, um, bounty hunter. Uh, when we met, he had a Cad Bane keychain, <laughs> a Lego keychain. Um, so, uh, we were like, oh, like, we were very excited, but we were like, you know, looking at the makeup and stuff my biggest problem actually was the voice the he has a very distinctive reverb reverb to his voice it was a little bit there but not as much i don't know i actually have a really uh, a question for you mm. how did you feel about this character showing up did he seem dangerous did he seem like you wanted to know more about him i mean i have i mean from like the cumulative uh you know 10 minutes of rebels or whatever that i've seen in my life i remember dude with hat so <laughs> when he oh, okay so i knew him of, uh, as dude with hat appeared in the background i was like is this going to be dude with hat from the feloni verse and so yeah when it i did not know his name i didn't know anything i was like oh it's dude with hat and then i thought blue skin red eyes is he a chiss and then could just feel uh senior correspondent in the distance having he just fell to the ground in rage i apologize he just no felt it, it. it's it's the scene from a new hope where <laughs> obi-wan is like <laughs> It's like a thousand voices <laughs> screamed all at once, and then we're silenced. Um, um, he's so, not a chist. He's he's another race entirely. But so uh, the teeth gave it away uh, for me. Uh, yes, but I I I was cool with him showing up. I like that whole. I mean, listen, the Western standoffs are hard to fuck up. Um, yeah, just the They're always the, good fo time. the form is <laughs> good enough on its own. Yes, yeah. he did seem dangerous. I thought he was his emergence. I thought prove that like okay here's the big bad this is the big bad yeah. for the season um a brief you know google search uh for myself to just 
it's like, okay, so what is his name? What did he do? Um, there is a Boba Fett connection there. They worked together when Boba Fett was younger. Um, that may have been in the show or was like planned and never aired something like that. He's been on the bad batch this season. Um, but like you said, even with none of that, it's like, Oh, this is just a bad motherfucker who works for gangsters. Um, so that was apparent. Yes. Um, and we pray for space elephant because his hair, his hair looks too good to die. Go down like that. (laughs) Best, best, uh, best space hair on all of Tatooine. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, just a just a flaming hot mess of an episode. Um, oh my god, there was just <sighs> yeah, that it so, really, really was. So let's get to <laughs> the other thing. As said, Luke Skywalker features in this episode again after his brief cameo. The de-aged CGI again. I don't. I don't know the mechanics. I don't know if this is actually Mark Hamill with balls on his face to be de-aged, or if this is just random dude number six. I don't know. I don't know if Mark Hamill has a smaller throne next to Pedro Pascal that he also speaks into an iPhone thirteen with. <laughs> I'm I'm um, pretty sure because the the first time they did it, it was a different actor, right? And they had put Mark Hamill's face on him. That's and I hated it. That statement is what we're talking about here. Uh, Caitlin, yeah. Do we want this anymore? No. Okay. I don't stop it. I don't <laughs> want it. Just like recast him. Like you're I fucked thought... now. You, that, that boat has sailed. You know, that that's <laughs> the X wing has left the station. I know you can't at this point, but you have painted yourself into such a fucking corner with this, and it's weird, and it's creepy, and it's not what we want <laughs> anymore. And it takes you out of the anything that takes you out of the story is not good. And I know that people are like, you know, it's it's emerging technology and we're experimenting and but it just totally grabs you and makes you like you're you're just I'm just like focusing in and I'm like eh, it doesn't look right. I'm I like just, I just I just don't, don't like, like it. What it means and, for society. <laughs> the only one I agreed with was in Captain Captain Marvel, they de-aged what's his face? Sam Jackson. Um, Samuel Jackson. And that he played, he was that character. And they did it because the movie was set a little bit before and that he would continue to be playing a role in future movies. And like that to me was better than casting an entirely different actor and putting someone's face on them. That's just like to me. That's like a it's a human suit. That's what yeah, that is. like it's literally like you're just wearing a you're Hannibal Lectering at that point. Like you can take Yaya Abdul Mateen and make him young Morpheus in the new Matrix movie. Nobody's gonna bat an eye. Like it's fine. You don't have to put young you know CGI Lawrence Fishburne in there. People will get over it. Yeah. So like I don't this slavish devotion to like it must be Hamill and is this just because like they don't want to smoke with the fan base and like they're just trying to preempt that like we know there's no winning with Star Wars fans just in general like (laughs) notoriously satisfied easy to satisfy are the Star Wars fan base but like this does not bode well like like, okay so like oh it's great they got Mark Hamill to do the dialogue type of thing you give him 10 years they're not going to need him for that even they they will yeah. have amassed enough recorded words for him that they can just pitch modulate every word he said 
It's just off-putting. It doesn't need to be a thing. The deep fakes in general are the most terrifying it, thing on earth, really, to me. That these are just things that can happen and that they look that good. Oh, good. But it doesn't. It doesn't look good. That's the other point, right? It maybe if it was seamless until and he, I didn't notice until he moves. When he when he's when it was stationary when he was just there it was okay but like definitely looked like a robot with two wire short when ah <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, he's like, been replaced by a robot well, like when a replicant you know sees a smile on a movie screen and tries to <laughs> <laughs> tries to replicate it that's what that's what it looked like but just I don't. The the come down on the Star Wars TV uh, experiment has been rough on this show. I think this show has become a total heat check for the Favreau Filoni Rodriguez version of Star Wars TV. And it's been kind of wild to see. Um, again, I'm sure it still gets a bajillion eyeballs on it every week. And, and that's really, you know, that's what it's all, counts, it's all that matters. Um, but again, I always, I, I'm at the point, I've been at the point where like, I feel bad for star Wars fans. You're running the Thanks. middle, like low keys, like, no, because like the scarcity, I think the scarcity is what gave it value. You had three movies and then you had six and then you had a bunch of, mo- and then you had a bunch of novels and comics and your imaginations. <laughs> And also, like, the cartoons were so good, and you can do so much with cartoons. And I don't understand this need, fervent need, and this is not just Star Wars. This is the fervent need to make everything live action. Why? You cannot tell me that the live action Aladdin is better than the original cartoon. You cannot. You're talking to somebody who saw a Cowboy Bebop novelization show up at work this week and go, ooh, ooh, that was... That was poorly timed. Um, yeah, it's just it's the it's the old logic that more eyeballs people are have a resistance to animated stuff that they won't have to live action. So everything good animated needs to be made live action and try to maximize the eyeballs on it. And it's all terrible. It's there's all not been one live action. There's not been one live action where I've been like, oh yeah, that's better than the <laughs> cartoon. Can't wait for Avatar. Oh my god, Kate. Yeah. Let's move on to stuff maybe we liked a little better this week. What else you get into? So as I do basically every year, I watched Groundhog Day again. <laughs> of course. Um, I also did a full like a rewatch of another movie about the day starting over, which is Palm Springs. I watched that with someone cute about a month ago. Yeah. Similar similar conceit. Yeah, I, it's it's a fun movie. I really enjoy it. Um, same kind of vibe as Groundhog Day. Um, then I also watched a movie that was suggested to me that it's also about the same day uh, happening over and over again, which is called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. It's a teen romance, I this, say, I this, this sounds like it was based on a YA novel already, just on um, that title. It, it possibly did. It's really good, though. Um, and it was a lot of fun. So if you like stories about things that repeat, it's <laughs> one to check out. Um, and then I, I had gotten another suggestion. Um, and I, I, I had sort of resisted it, I guess, cause I didn't think sillily, I didn't think it was for me. And I kind of showed my like 
I'm not like other girls card uh, in thinking that, which is Dollface, um, which is a the Cat Dennings TV show. I don't think about, I've heard uh, of this until this moment. Okay, well, it's about a woman who her her boyfriend of five years breaks up with her out of the blue, and in her relationship, she basically abandoned all her friends that were girl or just friends in general, but all her relationships with women. Mm. And it's about finding her way back uh, to relationships with women and not thinking that she is maybe better than female relationships. Um, and it has a it has a very um, uh, oh, what was it called? The movie about the girl who worked at. Mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on. I, I gotta look for it. I'm gonna look for it. Um, girl who oh. worked at. Uh, at at Niagara Falls. Oh my hold god on. that that show. Yes. Wow. I, yeah, that's blood. That fucker's blocked from my memory. You gave it to me. We talked about it on the show, but. Thanks. It was <laughs> sorry. Excellent. It was not. Wonderfalls. Wonderfalls. It has a super wonderfalls. Ness, wonderfulness to it vibe um in that there's a, a lady with a cat head who shows up to like do these little bits or it, it'll change to be like a game show all of a sudden called like uh will she go out um and anyways i just i definitely felt myself in the in the cat dennings character um in that I'm a homebody and sometimes it's hard for me to make connections. Um, and yeah, so the first season was fantastic. Um, the cast was great. Um, there's going to be a second season that's actually coming out February 11th. It's on Crave. Now I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is not a show for you, Jordan. Oh no. I meant meant for the people, not for me. Yeah. No, I'm just saying though, like if you're a, a, if you liked Wonderfalls and you're a dude and you're like, oh, maybe I'll check this out. I'm not going to say you shouldn't. I'm just going <laughs> to say it's very female-centric. It's just about female friendships by and large and um, the power of female friendship in a, in a good way, not in a sex and city way. Um, and, you know, how to maybe make connections a little bit better and get out there a little bit more. And, um, yeah, it's it's was fantastic and i watched the whole thing in like two days um so yeah so dollface uh it's on crave second season's coming out february 11th very excited because i have a thing to watch now yay um and that was it besides playing more dragon age oh dragon age uh what though, I, I, though i though i read a spoiler and i'm pissed now i thought you already so. played dragon age no, we, this is our first time going through Dragon Age. Yeah, yeah, it's a long game. Just <laughs> just, Apparently, yeah. I swear, I, I swear, I just recently listened to an episode from like the holidays, and you were playing Dragon Age. So, yeah, still going through it. Uh, well, then we'll start with games. Persona Five Strikers. Uh, continuing on, I forgot that the mechanic of the Persona games is a lot of start and stop and repeat. Like you are not. If the whole thing is like this game is based around the same conceit as the original Persona 5, which is like there you are exploring in Persona 5 what they call palaces. In this game, what they call jails. And it's basically like a metaverse type of thing. Um, 
ruled by a monarch who is a person who is causing all of these like changes in behavior in people. And like the whole jam is like, because it's really hard to regenerate stamina in the game, you can only do so much. You're not going to run the dungeon on your first time. You kind of got to pop in, pop out, pop in, pop out. And there's a time mechanic there where the days pass and you only have X amount of days to try and get this done type of thing. I forgot about that. And I have also, I think this game is miles moralizing me where I thought it was just a real quick, not very drawn out kind of half a game, even though it was called a sequel to persona five. This is not really a sequel type of thing. It took Mm -hmm. me all week to get through the first jail. And I was like, how many jails are in this game? Eight Caitlin. (laughs) Oh, there are eight. So it's going to be, this one's going to be with me for a while. Also, I forgot how much I enjoyed the constant yiping of the cat or uh, AI assistant in this game that is constantly telling you you can't go places. <laughs> Used to happen all the time where Morgana the cat would be like, it's time to go home and go to bed. Man, shut up. I want to go to the batting cages. Leave me alone. Um, Leave me alone, cat. So, But it's still fun and I'm enjoying it. The music is fantastic. Um, Persona has some of the best music in games and just always enjoyed those characters and just the style and vibe of the game and the aesthetic of it. And that's very fun to be back in. Um, what else? Ooh, quietly announced was that not just was the, uh, 2021 perfume show going to be added to Amazon, but a couple, uh, a couple joints from the archives were getting thrown onto Amazon as well with little fanfare. But you know, when you're on the, when the only reason you go to Facebook is for the perfume fans group, <laughs> you kept up to date. So the P cubed uh, 2020 greatest hit show went up on Amazon. Not as good as the the one that went up at Christmas time. I'm going to say not as good. Okay. But definitely right. is representative of like what they do as the big stadium, huge show. And this is pre pandemic. So people didn't have to keep their joint, their joint, their hearts, you know, they could scream, they could shout, they could sing and do the sing along chants, you know, whatever. And it's at the Tokyo Dome, and that's like a 50,000-seater. So, I mean, if it's if you want an example of, like, the biggest of the biggest that they can do, it's definitely a fun example of that. And I still can't believe I live in a world where, across two streaming platforms, I can watch, like, five perfume things just whenever that's, I want. That's pretty cool. It's a, it's a wild time. When when I first it's, get into this, Kate, like, 2017, like... And I was just about to say, you still, like, have to, like... Dig oh my god! Again, Google Drive links, Google Drive oh, links man. off a of Tumblr, and have to download for overnight to get to get a freaking concert. And you'd be like, like, "This is only this is a really small file. Is this a virus?" And I'd be like, "Yes, yes, it is." And I really want to watch this thing. Let me and, oh, let, let me bring up this poorly pixelated uh, 360p file of a talk show appearance subtitled that I found. Now it's just there, subtitled on Amazon in glorious HD for me to watch whenever I want. What a time to be alive! Yeah. Um, also, uh, this week on Ranking of Kings, we discovered how Boji's mom died. Answer, traumatically. I did not expect anything less. As his giant mother shielded him from a rain of spears during a war on the kingdom when he was a, but a wee infant, good lord, show. Calm down. Maybe a content warning on that one, yo. A little rough. I told you at the time, Kate. I told you at the time. <laughs> the show was not it was not the storybook it seemed like it was uh, setting out to be. But I can't look away. It's the fastest 25 minutes of my week. It goes by so fast for me. I'm still enthralled by this show. Um, two other things right quick. Another show that I'm enjoying. Last year, I talked about a show called Abbott Elementary, which uh, its pilot had debuted. 
uh, in advance of the season. The season was going to start in this year, 2022. This is uh, from uh, created by a woman named Quinta Brunson, who used to do like she like work wrote for BuzzFeed back in the day and was on BuzzFeed videos and then was on Black Lady Sketch Show. And now she does this. It is a deliberate office style documentary about a public school in Philadelphia and is so charming and so wonderful to be around. I had also shouted out this show uh, for the performance of Janelle James, who had the great comedy set that I shouted out a few weeks ago and plays the principal on Abbott Elementary. Um, her, she is clearly like the, it's a show kind of based around the conceits of the office, but like the Michael Scott character is not the main character. Um, it's, he's not the, really the POV. Um, but Janelle James is playing the Michael Scott type of character. She's not a very good principal, but is, but isn't. Um, and also shouts out to uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph, queen from time, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who plays the like, um, you know, somewhat older veteran teacher that the Quinta Brunson character um, greatly looks up to and wants the approval of. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely, in the, there's one episode where like, they're talking about like those sites that rate teachers. Right. And the Quinta Brunson character is very, you know. <laughs> She gets a C. Somebody rates her as a C. And all they call out is like, good but inexperienced. And she can't handle that at all. And the other, there's two, I think she teaches second grade. There's two second grade classes. And the other one is taught by um, someone who's a little more lackadaisical, um, very blue collar, very South Philadelphia, Italian union, labor movement uh, type of teacher. And the Quinn and Brunson character can't take this and another a student from the other second grade is coming to hers and she's finding this out from the principal and <laughs> the principal is like, she's got, she's got a file. I mean, I can show you the file so you know what you're walking into. She's like, nope, I choose not to read the files. I like to meet the child with no preconceived notions. And the principal just goes, that is an adorable justification for choosing to be unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hmm. Love that. That's what we're, and that's what this show is just super fun. Uplifting, I suppose, is also a very good, uh, it's just about people who are like trying to do, even at their worst, even the worst, even the principal at the end of the day is trying to do the best they can for the kids they're teaching. Um, yeah. And it's just a really kind of fun, uplifting show. And I don't, it's, I don't know what it's on. I think it's on City in Canada or Hulu in the States. And you definitely check it out. It's a fun, it is a fun hang. Uh, lastly, I got to shout it out. Everyone knows I wrote a book many years ago. You may have heard this. It's the it's the Cypher Sounds. I used to DJ for the little cam of this podcast. Um, you, may, you may not know this, y'all. I wrote a book once. And it was about a guy named Jay Della. And to put it succinctly, I never intended... The book I wrote was about one album, not Jay Della. My hope was that at some point in the future, maybe someone would write that book about... Jay Dilla and the totality of his life and his contribution to music. That book has been written. It is now out. It is called Dilla Time. The Life and Afterlife of Jay Dilla, the hip-hop producer who reinvented rhythm. It's by a guy named Dan Charnis, who previously wrote one of my favorite books on hip-hop history called The Big Payback. And I have not dug into it yet. I just got my hands on it yesterday. I am already super amped to get into it. Uh, Charnis spent, I think, six years researching this book, going through everything from like legal documents to four years of interviews with people. Like th this is the book. This is the book I wanted someone to write about Dilla's life. And I am super amped to get into that. So if you've never heard of Jay Dilla or anything like that, I mean, start with my book. It's more introductory, <laughs> but then if you want, if you want to know more, 
by all means, uh, cop this book uh, at your local bookstore. Don't buy it from Amazon. Buy it from a bookstore. We'll say that. Yes. Hopefully a small one. A tiny one. Hopefully. Hopefully a small, tiny one. Uh, yeah. And with that, that's everything on my dot plate for the week. We'll take a break right here, re-up the beverages. And when we come back, we're going to find out if uh, the initial allure of Peacemaker for Caitlin McKinnon held out the reviewing of the first three episodes. And we'll get into that when we come back from this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. But before we get into talking about it, we have some rules. Yeah. The first rule is the rule of three. That's the rule. If the thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them Mm -hmm. so that the thing has a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod, which is the rule that we will not talk about this thing before we are sitting in front of these microphones. Now... Technically, we did talk about this last week, but I had not watched it yet. But Jordan doesn't know if I have watched it yet now because we haven't talked about the thing. I don't know how much she's watched. Maybe I watched 10 minutes and I was like, nope, maybe I watched everything. <laughs> maybe she did. I don't know. We'll maybe find- I'm obsessed. We, he just does not know. Um, and we do this so that you guys get the freshest of takes. And this is like extra fresh because the series isn't even done yet. Not even done. Can you believe it? We're actually talking about something contemporary. I know. Um, the third rule is the is is basically a, it's not really a rule. It's a policy is that there will be spoilers. This is a super spoilery podcast. We're not going to do that thing where we're really nice and careful. And we're like, we just talk about the thing in vague terms. No, we're going to get into it. With like specific details, maybe some just theories. Gonna, get, get our fingers, get our fingies in it and just start squeezing through and sifting through all this content for you. All the, all the little nooks and crannies. Yeah, and, and I mean, the last couple of weeks, I have been really good about just being nice about it, being really, like, calm, mm-hmm. being like, you know, if that's not your thing, you know, please depart at this time, yes. watch the thing, maybe come back. Um, but it's February, which mm. is, like, my least favorite oh, hell. month of the year. I'm getting under the table. And so I just need to tell y'all... To get the fuck out. If you haven't watched The Thing, if you clicked on this podcast knowing we were going to talk about The Thing and you didn't watch The Thing, what the fuck are you doing? Wake up, people. This is this is what happens when she watches too much James Gunn content. She just gets all... <laughs> I get all squirrely. <laughs> um... Yeah, but yeah, if you, if you haven't seen it, you probably want to leave if you care about spoilers, so... Grab a tea, grab a hot chocolate, go bundle yourself in blankets, go watch this, and then come back. Take your 5,000 pairs of fuzzy socks. Because you live in Canada or somewhere else equally cold. Can never have Maybe too many. we have Russian listeners. We don't know. Ooh. Never know. Um, and yeah, just, yeah. And, and, and the thing we're getting into, which we talked about last week vaguely, or a little bit, was Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I am going to read the wikipedia article or at least the beginning of it because there's so much to talk about <laughs> that i'm worried if i try and go off book 
It's not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Peacemaker is an American television series created by James Gunn for the streaming service HBO Max or Crave in Canada. Based on the DC Comics character of the same name. It is the first DC Extended Universe television series and a spinoff from the 2021 film The Suicide Squad, which both Jordan and I really enjoyed. Set after the events of the film, the series follows jingoistic killer Christopher Smith slash Peacemaker as he joins Project Butterfly, a black ops squad that targets extraterrestrial parasitic butterfly-like creatures. The series is produced by, okay, we don't need blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, John Cena stars as the title character, reprising his role from the Suicide Squad with Danielle Brooks, Freddie Stroma, Chuck Woody, Iwuji, Jennifer Holland, Steve Agee, and Robert Patrick also starring. Gunn conceived Peacemaker after noting Cena's strength as a dramatic actor while filming the Suicide Squad and wrote all eight episodes while completing the film during the COVID-19 pandemic. HBO Max ordered Peacemaker straight to series in September, blah, 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 blah. It was filmed in Vancouver, Canada. Shout out, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um, so they released the first three episodes January 13th, and the rest of the series is being released uh, weekly until February 17th. Um, the series has received positive reviews. There we go. I think I did okay. Didn't go too off book. Um, so I, I don't know where to get in on this. Yeah. So I said last week, this basically um, re-entered my radar. I knew it was a thing that was happening because, you know, wrestling nerd knows at least somewhat aware of what, like... John Cena's doing and is now part-time wrestling status and Hollywood career. So I knew the show was coming, but I didn't realize if it was out or what it was and, and said to somebody, I was like, is that even out yet? Like, I don't hear anybody talking about it. Like, like, do we care? Is it good? And was a uh, hard record to me to check it out. And I did and went, Oh dip. This is actually uh, more better and more fun than it has any right to be. And I said that to Caitlin, and Caitlin had watched a bit of it and was getting that sense herself. So let's just start with the uh, with the hot take from the jump. Kate, how are you enjoying it? How much have you watched? What's your general temperature oh my God. on the show? Oh my God. This Jesus. show is fucking amazing. Jesus. <laughs> I have seen all six episodes. Um, yeah. And was <laughs> devastated to realize that it is it's week to not week. done. <laughs> Two I was more like, to go. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> I was just so upset. Um, so good. And I think like maybe three quarters of the world who have seen the show um, at the end of episode four, I am a vigilante stan. <laughs> um, and I am definitely he is up there as like one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, there's just something about seeing someone kick the shit out of Nazis that just like. <laughs> Mm. Mm. <laughs> you definitely watch that yeah you definitely watch that scene where he deliberately gets in a fight with the nazis in jail as like you could watch that literally every day <laughs> it's just it's a ball I, I have it's just a ball i have i've i've literally watched that scene 10 times it's saved just that scene saved under youtube favorites she's like just give me that into my veins <laughs> fighting yeah. nazis yeah i just i love it and also where did this actor come from? <laughs> Who is this guy? Where did he just like get birthed out of like some sort of weird pod? <laughs> like I've never seen him in anything else. Apparently he made an appearance in Harry Potter. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. It's We talked about this last week. It's my exact mix of like weird and stupid and it could use probably more gore, but the gore it does have is amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah. Could have more excellent. gore. A woman blows up into goo 
in the first episode. And in the Mm -hmm. second episode, somebody picks something up and goes, is this a shawarma? And somebody says, actually, that's a face. Put that down. Not enough gore for Caitlin McKinnon. (laughs) Yeah, I believe she says, "Is this a slice? Is this a slice of pizza?" Uh. And it's like, I think that's a face. Um, yeah, I just it's it's really great. It's interesting that even in all the stupidness and silliness and like goriness, um, there's still a real conversation about parents and families and trust and found family. Um, that's kind of James Gunn, though. Like, yeah. that is, you know, it's, oh, it, and that's fine. The the blanket thing that has to be laid down is, like, if you are not, if James Gunn is not for you, this is not for you. Oh, um, yeah, no. It is a James Gunn-ass James Gunn project. Like, all the themes are there. All the writing and the jokes and the, you know, the tempo is there that you have seen. And maybe you liked it in, in uh, you know, Guardians, but he had a bit of a more PG-13 restraint put on him there. And maybe when he's just free to let the freak flag fly on an R-rated DC project, maybe you don't like it as much. I mean, bear that in mind because it's going to be <laughs> the moment for me. And I'm apologizing in advance. <laughs> the moment for me is when after John Cena hooks up with this woman at a bar He's standing in her apartment in his drawers and says, I gotta thank you for tonight. I was having a crazy fucked up day, but when I was in your pussy back there, I felt, I don't know, fucking hope. (laughs) Wow. You could hear my facepalm from space. I was like, Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. That is what we're dealing with here. And if that's not your vibe, under no harm, no foul. Um, I th- I Caitlin think and the I moment, are children. Yeah, I think the moment for me was when she got exploded. <laughs> like, I was like, that's great. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, what, are some of the, what are some of the moving parts here? Um, I don't recall how many of this team that he's on were, like, the the office workers from the Suicide Squad movie, Steve Agee definitely I think it's just, was, I just like. two of them. Was the blonde? I think it's... The blonde too? Yes. I think it was the blonde and definitely um, Agee um, was one of them. Um, Steve Agee and I think, yeah, Jennifer Holland. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, Leo, the character of Leota, who is Amanda Waller's daughter, who was put in there by Amanda Waller. Shouts to uh, Viola Davis for sitting down in front of a green screen for 15 minutes to... <laughs> to get her check from this movie. Thanks for coming out. Um, played by, again, I should really write down actors' names more. She was tasty in Orange is the New Black. Um, um, yes, Danielle Brooks. Danielle Brooks, um, who is delightful. And I really, I did not expect to enjoy the dynamic between her and Cena that much. Um, oh, it's so sweet. They're it's very, so they're sweet. very sweet together. And also, again... <laughs> This is the show you're dealing with when she's swiping through photos oh of a God, reconnaissance yes. mission and suddenly there's a vagina because her, oh my God, her I wife. Did, I, <laughs> did you scream? Like I was like, I what screamed the fuck? because I was so excited that they showed an actual vagina. <laughs> like I was so excited that they showed an actual vagina and that like Oh my god! And like, I didn't story. know it was gonna go to the fucking cloud. And it was like, yeah, WhatsApp will do that. And I was like, WhatsApp will do that. <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't change the settings, don't change that. Don't turn that shit off. Um, the other there's another moment where like 
he said that like what is it women like lesbians don't finger bang <laughs> and she was like why are you and he just like forgot women had fingers <laughs> and it was just like what um so yes they join they, he they bring in peacemaker to this crew that is supposed to um initially assassinate a uh senator I don't even think he really knows why at the time, or has he been told about the real... He doesn't no. know what a butterfly is for, like, two-thirds of the uh, of the movie. Oh, wait, no, he does, because they said, like... Oh, no, no, he doesn't, because they both see that the his face goes... It, it, it go, They go weird, they right? See, they see the tentacle thing come out of their mouth when they eat, right? And that's when he's Well, no, like, before that, before it's, like, um, as soon as they get... They're not in front of the security guard anymore. They act started acting all, like, robot-like. Mm. And both him and Harcourt are like, what was that? That was weird. And that's when it starts. Um, so, yeah. And it's it's the journey of Peacemaker is, number one, he has this uh, horrible father. Horrible white supremacist oh father. Played by Robert Patrick. We haven't quite seen um, the trauma he's dealing with. He was advertently or inadvertently responsible for his preferred brother's um, death when they were kids. Um Again, the James Gunn thing that he does so well is, like, you have a scene, like, where Peacemaker goes to career day or show and tell or whatever. <laughs> uh, this janitor at the hospital that he, where he's at the first episode, has him come to his uh, niece's or daughter's show and tell day. And he's answering questions. And, again, it's all very stupid and dumb and funny. It's John Cena riffing with these kids. And then one of the kids goes, do you have an origin story? And just screeches to a halt. And he gets all somber and has this flashback and he just kind of goes of a sort. Um, that's what the th- type of thing the show does that Caitlin's saying, where like, you can have all the things within a like two minute span. And it's, that's a real James Gunn is the guy who can make it look really easy. It's a definitely hard thing to do. Yeah. And shouts to Cena as well for playing both sides. You do want him despite being 80% of the time. I think people call this out too. Like he's 80% a dick, but the 20% that's not, you feel like you can build on that. And, and there's an interesting scene in which, um, so you find out that their boss, um, Clemson Mern, um, has a butterfly in him. Yes. And Clemson was a horrible human being. I think he was an assassin. I don't know his history in the comics. Um, but basically the butterfly took over him and said, even though he was this hor- horrible, horrible human being, he still had the opportunity to change. And I took that away from him. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's part a, of it as that's well. That's a heavy ass line. <laughs> and, and that idea that even though like Peacemaker, like he, he's got regret, he's got regret for kick it, killing Rick Flagg. Um, he's got regret for, you know, obviously, I don't know, killing or torturing that the, the guy has, or the people his father has trained him to to kill like there's a lot of regret and actual as he said i don't want to kill people anymore yeah i thought that was didn't a real... kill about aliens but <laughs> i thought that was a really good scene it's number one a bonding moment between harcourt and peacemaker where he's got this thing throughout the episode or sorry throughout the series where you know he always wants the devil of peace on his the weapons of mass murder um yeah and to the point where he like tries to sharpie one on the sniper rifle before they go after the uh where they go up to the senator, and so the Harcourt has engraved one on his, uh, on like a just a pistol type of thing, and hands it to him. He's like, "I put the devil piece on it." And he's like, "Oh, it's, it's facing the wrong way, but I mean, you know, good try." He's like, "I don't really care about it. I just think I don't want to kill people anymore." 
Yeah. And that's just and such that's... a kind of like out of nowhere type thing. But it's like he, he doesn't. He's been around people who kind of like see him as something other than like – I'm talking about this like this is such like some grand storytelling. It's not. But it's just done well. You know, like he doesn't want to – people are seeing – the people on this team see him as something other than – um just a killing machine and see him as like, you see him as like a human being, but like the whole thing with like Harcourt starts the group chat and that whole little montage. Of oh, them all getting that the, was getting the photo on their, on their uh, WhatsApp group chat was like so sweet. Like, and it was like that to me, like I felt that he found his tribe, right. As weird and fucked up as they all are, even though, you know, Oh, and the, even through the moment where he stops calling, um, uh, uh, calling him Dye Beard. He stops calling him Dye Beard, right? Um, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it, but it is. And he starts seeing him as like a, a cool person. And, you know, he kills that fucking gorilla with the chainsaw. <laughs> um, all of that was actually like, that's, that's really good storytelling. It's really important to see people other than the fact that he's getting called out as being a bully the you know the peacemaker character right um it all of that is is stupid and funny but also really important um and i'm hoping that they just you know every episode has been has been really good and i just want them to stay consistent there's sort of this fear about the last two episodes um get, but i hope it they're getting pretty jam-packed <laughs> there's, yeah there's a lot there's a lot happening by the end of that uh by the end of this episode the most recent episode yeah but I am, I am, yeah, uh, excited that, uh, that I'm, that like, like, I think it's going to be, the ending's going to be good. I want them to stick the landing, as they say. <laughs> as they say. Um, and just to veer completely, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not off, but, um, there was a moment where I was really happy and it seems really nothing, but it never happens this way. There is a random character, uh, um, well, a couple, a married couple. <laughs> and and peacemaker hits on this woman and she she's beautiful but she's definitely like looks like a woman you could see in your life she doesn't look like a supermodel right um and they're like fully hitting on each other and then in a later scene she has had a threesome with peacemaker and vigilante, vigilante and it is i was so happy like i cannot tell you just how happy i was um that they just had this like regular looking lady did not look like a supermodel wasn't stick thin um peacemaker compliments her on her negligee (laughs) like i just (laughs) i was just very happy about that i know that seems stupid and if you're a dude you don't get it um but just yeah that to me was lovely i loved the the three that like them just smoking weed and well, not vigilante smoking weed in bed afterwards. Um, I loved all of that. That was to me just again, like fun storytelling. Nice to see. Um, I feel like this show is really diverse as well, mm-hmm. which is nice to see um, always. And uh, yeah, I just, I, 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 there's nothing that I like don't like about the show. It's, I know it's not for everyone, a hundred percent not for everyone. But for me, this show is great. <laughs> As I said, I don't know if I said it on mic or off mic last week when it when we talked about it briefly. But like, it was the opening credits for me. I was like, oh, you're this show. Oh, 
you're just what? this is your this is this show and um <laughs> this is what this show's doing and i said i am here for it that's what i'm here for you just want to have literally every character in the show in a dance number for the opening credits fuck yes do it um two things also two things a i will never not skip these credits <laughs> Um, right. second thing I told senior correspondent, Chris, this, he didn't say anything about it, but I was like, just so you know, we are never skipping these credits. <laughs> um, and they get sillier and sillier each time. The second thing, the, so we were talking about visual effects earlier in, in the pod. Um, Caitlin, Eagly, I Googled that shit in the first episode. I, I cannot get over I was how like, well is this eagle a real is eagle? I yes, I had to Google it to be like, is this a real fucking eagle? Can you train an eagle? No, it was completely CGI, and you can tell yeah. later on. But in the first couple scenes, I'm like, is this a real fucking eagle? And even even then, like there are moments where I'm like, and I I I knew right away it wasn't a real eagle, but I was like, how has the technology gotten that good? This is what I want. I don't want. Luke Skywalker's face right. on another actor. <laughs> I want more more eagly. Um, I it's so well done. It's just the way he. And, it's just the way he waddles. It's just so well done. And like, at the, and so the reason I bring this up is because in the opening dance the number at the, the very end, yeah. when Eagly has his arms out, like that to me makes me giggle every time. How good that is! And of course, so yeah, so, in in typical dumb comedy fashion. Everybody hold it for just a couple seconds longer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just hit the final pose and just hold it. And Eagly has the I hardest even, time because he's an eagle. So I even love the, like the, the titles of the episodes are puns. Yes. Um, I love, oh, so I didn't know. I knew that there was the after credits for, I guess it's episode four, five. Um, the, the infamous name, the infamous name rattling scene. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know they all had after credits. Fuck, do they? Um, yes. Oh shit. So I've had to because the way Crave is set up, like you have to sit through the credits. That's fine. I just go on my phone, and they're like literally maybe thirty seconds. Like they're not long, um, but they're all good. Fuck. Um, I'm not, I'm going to let you do it yourself. Maybe right. someone's compiled them on YouTube or something, but like one of them in particular <laughs> made Fuck. me, made me laugh. Damn it. See the whole skip credit thing. You're doing us a disservice streaming companies. That's all I'm saying. Oh, and it's really hard. Like on Crave, it's almost impossible. Like you have to go to the end credits. So fast forward, go to the end credits, pause it because you can't get there in time before they'll skip over. Right. Pause it, go up like three little, <laughs> Notches. you know, windows yeah. and then get to the one and just wait through the credits and you can't speed through the credits. It won't let you. I don't know why they've done this. Why don't they just skip, like go like skip to after credit? Like, I just that yeah, but anyways, because I went back. Well, I I noticed it. I guess the episode after the naming one, um, or all the names after credit. Mm. Uh, if you've watched it, you know what we're talking about. If you don't, definitely sit through the credits. That, find a way. That one is definitely on YouTube, just as itself. Just look up Peacemaker Blooper, and you'll find that. Uh, you'll find that scene. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they're not like they, they they're not amazing. They don't it's not like a Marvel after credit where it like reveals something. Right. Most of them I think are just like where they've let the tape roll or something. Just like an alternate um, an alternate take or something that they use in the episode. Yeah, but they're all they're all amazing. Um so yeah, so there's like every part of this show I like. I could see someone who isn't into like there is a lot of body humor like B A W D Y. Oh yeah. Um 
uh, in this. There's a lot, like I said, there's a literal picture of a vagina, a lot of boobs, um, but all shapes and sizes, which is nice. Um, even some Nazi boobs. Um, and like it, a lot, like there's sex in this. There's like, you know, it's not a lot of violence. It's right up my alley. Um, and it's not for everyone. And I get that. Um, but if you like sort of silly, weird, R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy, this is this is your jam. This is for you. So yeah, um, eight and a half for me. It's a ten for me. Even with two episodes left, she's I'm I'm hedging my bets for the for the ending. She's like, don't matter. As don't right matter. Now, like, ten. The fact that I have watched a single scene from this show like twenty times. <laughs> Um, and I don't think I will ever get old of it. Um, that to me is right there. Solid. It's a a solid. Now, do I want it to stick the landing? Sure. After watching these last two episodes, will I have the same, the, the same rating? I don't know. Um, but I think everyone's like, all the actors are amazing. The writing is amazing. The direction is amazing. Um, you know, they, like Jordan said, they are jam packing a lot into this ending. Um, but I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm excited. And I as we talked about, I'm I'm even though I'm like fuck week to week, I'm excited it's week to week. Um I have this stuff to look forward to. Like, and it could just be a cold Canadian winter thing talking, <laughs> but having something to look forward to um girl, is important. It's negative 19 outside today. Like y- yes, absolutely. Um And and it feels like negative 25. Like it's not <laughs> this is not the time where you're going for like a nice little winter stroll. <laughs> no. Take your ass inside. Uh, yes, this and Ranking of Kings are definitely like my two biggest, my two most delightful surprises of the year so far. I did not expect what I got from either of those shows. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said before, I thought I thought Peacemaker was going to be a very like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tangentially connected vehicle for John Cena. I did not think it was going to be this sort of like fully realized vision of James Gunn type of thing. Um, So I've just been, been delighted of it from jump. 8.5 does not mean I don't like it. It just means I'm, that's my grade for a like unfinished thing. So we will revisit this in a couple weeks when the ending drops and uh, see how it held up. I think it's probably going to be good. I don't think it's going to drop down much at all, but so friends that's on crave. If you think it's your jam, I don't think you'll be disappointed. But like Kate said, we've talked enough about what happens or we talked enough about what you'll be running into. So if you don't think it's your jam, you can maybe skip it. Yeah. Nothing. The show's not going to change your mind if you don't think it's your jam. Put it that way. But if it is, if it is, does fall in line with what you think your jam is, you will hopefully be as surprised as we were. Check that out. We'll follow back up in a couple weeks to see how we felt about it. And I believe that's just about going to do it for us, y'all. Y'all checking out Peacemaker? How you liking it? Hit us up on Twitter, at GeekdownPod. Get up off Twitter. Let us know what your favorite insane thing that has fallen out of John Cena's mouth over the course of the show <laughs> has been. There are many to choose from. Other than that, that's going to wrap it for us, friends. We'll be back with another selection, Kate's Kate's real selection, next week. I don't know what she's got for me, but we will... We'll find out together. Kate. Yeah. Always delightful to talk to you. Oh, you too. Friends, thank you for hanging with us for an hour and change every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. 
My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you'll join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Kate, say something funny. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do that. That's like what my grandma used to tell people at the Y, like, like people she knew, like other old ladies. She's like, she speaks French. And speak French, Caitlin. And I'd be like, bonjour.